This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Well, family, won't you stand with me this morning? We're going to get straight into the Word of God. And as you are standing, I want to take this opportunity and thank Apostle Theo and Dr. Bear for the awesome and great privilege it is to be allowed to share the Word of God to you this weekend. And we just honor them as wonderful spiritual parents who are leading us in the truth of God's Word. Amen. So let us pray this morning. Wonderful Father, as always, we come to you in the name of Jesus. And we remind ourselves, Lord, that without you, we can do nothing. This is your church. This is your service. And we invite you to come and have your way here today. And Lord, I never trust in my own ability, but totally depend upon you to come and speak through me exactly what you'd have your family here today. And my prayer for them is that every ear is open to hear, every heart is ready to receive, and every life will change as a result of your word. And we praise you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Well, you may quickly give your neighbor a high five and be seated. Well, family, this morning, I actually want to take you back to the first weekend of January. So we're going to go back in time quickly. Can you believe it? January is five weeks old. Uh, the, uh, 2020 is five weeks old already. And this year is moving on. But you'll remember that this year when we started, Pastor Johnny started off with a message titled, It's Time. It's Time. And he used the example of us needing to get moving so that we can step into everything that God has for us. And he gave us that example of when somebody's parked at a traffic light and they're distracted on their phone or they're distracted by things around them and the light turns green but the car in front doesn't go and he used that little illustration to say beep beep come on we need to get going who remembers that and so we've been going on that journey since then we had pastor andre and teacher paul also minister along that line with its time and today i have the privilege of doing the fourth part of that which is obviously titled it's time so we're going to jump into one of the themes verses that we were reading when we started this, which is found in Matthew chapter 3 and verse 2. And it starts off with the word repent. Now, many people don't like to hear that word. Isn't that true? <laughs> Often when somebody says to you repent, we feel guilty about that. Sometimes it comes across as a negative work to kind of tell you, hey, man, you need to catch a wake up here. But repent truly isn't a bad word. It's actually a very positive word. And God is saying to us in this portion of Scripture, repent. In other words, He wants to get our attention to tell us, you need to change something. Repent really means to change from what you were doing to do what's right. It also is a way of thinking. I need to change the way I'm thinking, change the way that I'm acting. Repent means to turn around. So if I'm going in this direction, I must turn around and go in a different direction. And that's really what this word is saying. It's saying repent. You have been heading in the wrong direction. But I love it the way God wants us to hear it. And he says, I have a better way for you. I have a better way for you. That's what God is saying when he tells us to repent. He's not coming down on us, but he wants to lift us up and say, you just need to turn around. And the verse goes on and it reads this. Why must we repent? For the kingdom of God is at hand. Family, God is saying there is an urgency for us to move. Beep, beep. Let's get going. I have better things in your future for you. And if we're stuck at a place in our life, we can't enjoy what God has for us, amen? And so we need that little nudge to turn to, for, for ourselves to turn around, to focus on what He has for us, so we can step in to that blessing and fullness of life. 
And so with that, I want you to turn with me to Jeremiah 29. And we're going to read from verse 11 through to 13. And yeah, the Lord is speaking, and He says these words. Jeremiah 29 from verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you. God has a plan for your life. If you don't think He does, He does. If you think you're here just by chance, you're not. He has a plan for your life. God is not a man that He should lie, nor the Son of Man that He should change His mind. Amen? So He's saying, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. They are plans to prosper you and not to harm you. They are plans to give you hope and a future. Family, God is saying to you and I, I have something better for you in your future. If you will just take time to, 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 to establish where you're at so you can make the right choices, you can step into that future. There's hope for you in your future. It goes on in verse 12 and it starts off with the word then. Now that word is very important because when you read this or you study this portion of scripture, you will come to understand that this was written to the children of Israel while they were still in captivity. They were in captivity. They didn't think they had any hope or a future. They had no excitement for their tomorrow. They were in captivity. And God was saying to them that I have something better for you. He was speaking to their future, a future of freedom and of victory. That's what he was trying to get their attention for. And family, God has a future for us that is free of our yesterdays and our pasts. And we can step into it, number one, obviously by accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And once we've done that, we can take several next steps to enjoy that hope and future that He has for us. As we read the rest of the verse, it says, Then you will call on me and come and pray to me. God is showing us here, family, He's a personal God. You can speak to me. Just call on me. I'm available for you. He goes on and says, And I will listen to you. Isn't that awesome? So family, he's a personal God. He's a friend to you. And you can speak to him. He's saying that this is what I have to come and speak to me. He goes on and says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. He's telling us he's not hiding away. Just come to him. He's a loving God. And God, excuse me, and God wants that for us. So right here we are standing almost at the beginning of 2020. Five weeks into this year. And we are standing with a whole year ahead of us. And you could almost say we are standing at a starting point. But at the starting point, family, we have certain choices to make. We have a choice to make that no one else can make. It's a choice that you and I have to make if we want to enjoy this hope and a future which is ahead of us because that's what God has destined for us. We need to make a choice if we're going to enjoy it and step into it. Amen? And so for us to be successful, there is one more thing that God needs you and I to do at this starting point. There's one more thing He has for us at this starting point. And you and I can't run this race into our hope and a future without this last instruction from God. One more instruction. If you want a good future and you want to walk a life full of hope, there's one more thing that God's instructing us to do on this journey with its time. And that is this. That God wants to give you this hope and future. And the awesome thing is, that this instruction you find throughout His Word. It's throughout His Bible. Wherever you read it, you'll see it throughout His Word. But the great thing is, it's also right in this room. It's right there with you in the family room or the mother room. It's right there. In fact, it's right behind you. 
It's right next to you. It's right in front of you. And that is this. We can't run this race alone. We cannot run this race alone. Family, we are never going to get where God wants us to alone. That's just the way God planned it. You see, God's plan, or Christianity, you might say, is a group's project. It's a group's project. God has designed it that way. He's made us that way to need one another. And you will find it throughout the Word of God. You see, Elijah needed an Elisha. When Jesus sent out the disciples, He sent them out two by two. Didn't send them out alone. And it's full of the Word. We could spend the rest of the day reading accounts where God brought people together in order for them to fulfill their destiny. It's never a lone race, amen? And one of those verses we're going to look at today is Hebrews 10 from verse 23. Hebrews 10 from verse 23. And the Word of God says this, Let us hold unswaveringly to the hope we profess. What is that hope? That's hope of a great future, amen? Let's hold to that hope that we profess. For He who promised is faithful. And let us consider, what is it to consider? If you're considering something, you're pondering on it, you're thinking about it, that means you're about to make a choice. Isn't that right? If you're considering something, there's a choice that has to be made. So yeah, God is saying, let us consider, let us think about the choice we have to make. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together. Isn't that awesome? So in order for us to want to run this race in victory, God is saying we mustn't give up meeting together because in that togetherness lies the secret of your success. He goes on to say, as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So family, God has designed Christianity to be together. We will never get to where we are going alone. We need each other. If you're following in your notes on the app, there's a fill in there. And the first little bullet point is that together is God's plan. It's God's plan. And alone is never God's plan. It's never the best plan alone. You know, about 18, 19 months ago, we were moving from the home that we were in to the home that we're currently in. And we were privileged to have a few days that overlapped over the two properties. So we, we didn't really have to rush to move our stuff from one house to the other. But obviously, I'm not that type of person who wants to take my time. So we just got the family packing and got everything going. And as the smaller boxes were packed and things were ready, I would load them up and start taking them because they were easy to do. But you all know that when you move, you kind of leave the big and heavy things to last. And so I was eager to get this done and we were packing and I could lift things as I managed them. And, but as they got bigger and heavier, I found that it slowed me down. It took me longer to get those things loaded and unloaded and move them. And then there came a point where there were certain things that were just too big for me and too heavy. I couldn't move. I was actually stuck in that moving process because they were just too big for me. But praise the Lord for friends and family. Amen. And they came along and they helped and lifted those things. And all of a sudden, the thing that I couldn't move, the thing that was outside of my ability to move on, became lighter. Because others came along and lifted it and we could move forward. And you see, in Christianity, it's the same. There are certain things that you just cannot do on your own. It's not possible. You need others around you to help you to move forward. And that's the way God wants us. Because we are a family, amen? 
We're a family of believers. And so you will come to a place in your life at some point, if you have not experienced it yet, that there's just something that's going to hold you back unless others are around you to move you forward. And that's what God's plan is. But family, as good as together is, I have to be honest with you today, together isn't always easy. Together isn't always easy. People are different. Amen? And uh, that's true, but it can sometimes be messy with other people. They come from different walks of life. They have different challenges. Sometimes it's, uh, it's not easy because it takes work to be with others. And it can be inconvenient. Isn't it sometimes you can feel inconvenient because you want to move faster and this one's slower and we need to just work on our patience a bit. But together isn't easy, but it is so important. And some sitting here today might be saying, hey, Pastor Greg, I've got it. I've got the point. We need to do this together. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to jump on board and run along with what we're doing here at the church and in my life. But family, for a lot of us, our biggest hurts have come from people. And many people have built walls around them. And they won't let anyone cross that line because together isn't easy. People have hurt them. They've disappointed them. Their biggest pains and rejection have come from people. And so it's hard for them. But please, family, listen to me today. As much as God's plan is together, the enemy has another plan, and that's alone. The enemy's plan is for you to walk this walk alone. You see, the enemy's plan is not together. It's to isolate you, and he will use all those hurts, and will use all that pain, and he will keep it cycling around us until we end up so isolated. Why does he do that? Well, 1 Peter gives us an example. It says that the enemy is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And I don't know how many of you have ever watched those wildlife programs, those discovery wildlife programs. And you've ever watched a lion that's about to go and hunt. Have you noticed that as the lion is stalking the prey, it never attacks at the center of the herd. When the herd is together, the lion never goes for that. Because the lion knows, if I go for the main herd, I am going to be defeated. They're going to overpower me, because together they are strong. So what does he do? He looks for that one that's by itself. He looks for that one that's drifted from the pack. And he waits, and he attacks that one that's isolated. That's how he works. He looks to the one that's by themselves, family. He takes out the one that's on their own. And you know, in this world... We are so connected, but we are so alone. In fact, we have never been more connected, but at the same time so isolated. On all these wonderful social media platforms, the Facebooks, the, the um, uh, um, Instagrams, all these different things, people are talking to each other all the time around the world. And you're probably connecting with more people now than you ever connected with in your life. Isn't that true? You've got all these people that you can speak to. In fact, on Facebook, friends find you that haven't seen you for years. They get hold of you, and sometimes they shocked at your photo because you didn't look quite like that 20 years ago. But anyway, uh, the people are it's, they're so connected, but yet so alone. There's a survey or a study that was done, and they said this, that teens on average have around 300 followers on Instagram. But when they are asked how many friends they have, most of them said, I only have one. They may have 300 followers, lots of likes for one friend. And that survey went on and said this, 25% of the group that was surveyed said they had no friends at all. Not one. But yet they have all these people that are connected to them on a social media platform. You can be connecting with people 
on your devices, but you're isolated when you're doing it. You're in a room somewhere, you're by yourself. And that's what the devil tries to do, he tries to isolate us. And I'm sure if that statistic is like that for teenagers, I'm sure it's similar for adults as well. And so the question, if you were to ask people, how many real friends do you have in your lives, I think we'd be shocked by the result that there are many people that are alone. We're sitting in a church here with thousands of people, but many of us don't even speak to the person next to us. That's not God's plan, amen? That's definitely not God's plan for our life. So because God's plan is together, and I know that together isn't always easy, together then takes a choice. We have to make the choice to do life together. And that's where we are at the starting point. No one can make this choice for you. Only you can choose to do life with others. You have to make that choice. And family, from the bottom of my heart, I'm saying to you, beep, beep, family, it's time to get together. Let's not step into 2020 and end it isolated and alone and miss out on that hope and future that God has for us. Let's get together. We can do that. Amen. Praise the Lord. You see, church, we will never get to hope in the future if we don't buy into God's plan for our life. We'll never get there. And as a church, as Christian family church, we do everything we can to help people do life together. Everything we can. We have so many things that you can be a part of that will connect you with one another. And one of our main ways of doing that is through small groups. Through groups that meet in homes or different places outside of a Sunday service. We have that for people to come together. We are Christian family church. And we should be a family, amen? And we do everything we can. And I want to say this to you that groups is not a church program. Groups is not a program. Groups is how we do life together. That's how we do it. We want everybody to be connected, not just because it's something to keep you busy, because we know that together you will succeed. We know that together you will have victory. There are times where you need to be lifted, and there are times where you need to lift others. You can't do that alone, family. You can't do that alone. And so I want to really encourage you today. I want to encourage you to make the decision to be part of a group. You know that we have around 500 different groups that meet in our city, that meet in our city all over, different types of groups. You heard Apostle Theo speaking about our prayer groups last week, right? We've got prayer groups. We've got Bible study groups. We've got groups that go out and do welfare work. We've got groups that help you find freedom to deal with your yesterdays. We've got groups, this is awesome, listen to this one, that meet to drink coffee. That's an awesome group, right? I mean, why? Because we want to do life together. The purpose is to bring us together. So we've got groups that do amazing things, from riding motorcycles to baking and cooking and hiking. and The, the sky's the limit. The purpose is to bring people together. So I want to encourage you. If you're not in a group, you're missing out in God's plan for your life. In fact, at the end of this service, I want to encourage you to do one of two things. You can go out to the information counter, speak to our team there and say, I want to join a group. Or you can go onto our website, go down to small groups, and you can select from over 500 groups where you want to be involved and send them a message and say, I want to be a part of your group. And the leader will get back to you and say, we're meeting on such and such a day. We need to do life together, family. I'm encouraging you, please, don't end 2020 alone. 
and miss out on God's plan for you. We are starting an exciting curriculum tomorrow going forward called Fresh Start. That's awesome. Fresh Start. Now, we have uh, over 160 groups that are running that. And if you'd like to be a part of that, get involved. Go to the information counter. And I want to say this to you. I've been with Christian Family Church now. This is my 28th year that I've been here. I've been in groups from the beginning. And I can honestly say to you, out of all those years, this is probably the best group curriculum we've ever done. It really speaks to your heart, and it's going to be a great blessing. So get involved. Be a part of one of those. If you want to run one of them or host them, even if it's just with your family, go to the information counter, speak to them. They'll give you the next steps to get you ready for that. But let's be a part of it. It's going to be awesome. So when we meet, when we get together, let me take a few moments to tell you what you can expect when you get together in a group. See, when we get together, one of the best ways I can explain to you of what you can expect is by using the life of David. We all know about David, the giant slayer. But you know, David has an amazing story. He was the last born in a family of eight. And he lived a lot of his earlier life isolated as a shepherd boy. And at times, his family even forgot about him. That's wild, right? To forget about one of your children. But it happened. We'll have a look at it in a moment. It happened when he was uh, out in the field and the, the prophet came to anoint the next king and Jesse, his father, lined up all the sons except David. That's not great, right? So he was even forgotten by some of his, by his own family. And you know, there's not much about his early life that would suggest he would be a great warrior, a fantastic writer, and an amazing king. His pedigree didn't suggest that. But the best thing that we can say about David is found in Acts 13.22. Listen to this. It says this. After removing Saul, God made David their king. God testified concerning him. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to. Isn't that an amazing statement? You see, family, he went from isolated, alone shepherd to king and had such a connection with God that God said that about him. Probably one of the greatest compliments God could ever say about a human. He's a man after my own heart. So the question is, how did he get from isolated shepherd to this point where God could say that about him? Well, the answer, I believe, is obvious today. And that's people. People. You see, how did he get from where he was until where he ended up? It was the relationships he surrounded himself with. He surrounded himself with people that impacted his life. And when we study his relationships, we will see that the things he encountered, you can also encounter when you get into a group, when you connect with other people. So let's quickly have a look at them. There's three of them. The first one we're going to read about is found in 1 Samuel 16. And over here, this is that account where the Samuel the prophet is coming to anoint the next king. And so he obviously goes to Jesse's house and he's about to anoint David now. Obviously David has arrived. And it says this, Then the Lord said, Rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Who would like the Spirit of the Lord to come powerfully on them? Amen. We all would. Isn't that right? So let me try and explain to you a little bit better what this anointing did. You see, there is no account in Scripture 
where God told David before that moment he was going to be a king. There's no account. There's no reference in the Bible. There's nowhere where God said to him, I'm going to make you king one day of Israel. He didn't know that. He didn't know there was a king inside of him. He didn't know that. It took another person, a connection, to bring out the best of him. That anointing brought out the king inside of him. That other person revealed to him what was inside of him and what he didn't see. That's what that person did. You see? So Samuel anoints David and calls the best out of him. David did not see that in himself, family. It took someone else to speak that over him. And God's going to use people to call out the best in you when you connect in group. You see, and that's the, the first point. When we meet, we call out the best in each other. You know, about a week ago, 10 days ago, um, uh, we as a staff, we meet every morning for prayer. We get together as a, as a prayer group, you could say, and we get together to pray. On this particular morning, um, I could have chosen to stay in my office. It was my choice. I could have chosen to stay there. But I'm grateful that I never missed those meetings because I'm surrounded by a great team who love one another and are there for one another. And as the prayer meeting was about to start, Pastor Jenny walks up to me and she gives me this little envelope. So I open it and I read it. And in there, she writes an amazing message which encouraged me, which really spoke the best out in me. That's what she did. She spoke to the greatness in me. And she might never know what that meant, but it meant a lot to me on that day specifically. And so if I wasn't part of that prayer group, if I was alone and isolated in my office, I would have not had that opportunity for somebody to speak the best out in me. Amen? And so when we get together and we make the choice to be with others and connect in a group, people will speak what they see in you and call it out of you. You see, and that's why Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. You know, I've got three sons, and I was speaking to one of them a while ago, and I said to them, you know, my boy, if you, want a, if you want a friend, you need to be a friend. If you want a friend, you need to be a friend. You need to make yourself available. You need to be around people if you want to be a friend. And we need to be around people, amen? The second thing that you can experience when you go to group is we call out to God for each other. We call out to God for each other. Yeah, what's happening in David's life now is that he's running from Saul because Saul wants to kill him. He's jealous. David has killed Goliath. People are singing his praises. They all love him. And Saul gets jealous and wants to kill him. So he's fleeing for his life. And we read here in 1 Samuel 23, it says, While David was at Horish in the desert of Ziph, he learned that Saul had come out to take his life. And Saul's son, Jonathan, went to David at Horish and helped him find strength in God. Jonathan called out to God for David. He helped him. He strengthened him. Stood on his behalf. And he, he, I'm sure David was super grateful that he surrounded himself with other people that could do that. You see, family, life can be hard when we go through stuff, but God's plan is never for us to be alone when going through those hard times. It's never His plan. And the great thing about being in a group is that if it's going great with you, we're going to celebrate with you. But if you're having your worst day, we are going to come around you. We're going to pray for you and stand next to you. We're going to call out to God for you so you don't have to do this alone. Amen. In Proverbs 17, 7, it says this, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. So not only will we call out the best in you when you come to group, 
or call out to God for you. The third and final one is we'll call out the truth to each other. We need people in our lives to speak the truth to us. You see, at this account here in 2 Samuel 12, what has happened now? David's king. He's the man in control. He's got all the power over the kingdom. And even though he was in that position, he still surrounded himself with people. He never isolated himself. But this is what happens. David makes a real bad decision, makes a real bad choice in his life. And in that bad choice, in that bad decision, he clouds himself from the truth of what happened. So God sends him another uh, prophet called Nathan. And Nathan comes to him. And, and David could have said to him, go away, I'm the king. But he allowed people in his life. And Nathan came to him and told him a story, a hypothetical story of where a person had um, hurt another individual by taking something that was important to them. And when he did that, David shouted out that that man needs to be punished. And Nathan says to him, David, you that man, you that man. You read that in 2 Samuel 12 verse 7. Nathan said to David, you are that man. And family, in an instant, because Nathan spoke the truth to him, his eyes were opened and he repented. And because of that account with Nathan and David, we get Psalm 51, where we read, Creating me a clean heart, O God. David wrote that because a friend spoke the truth to him and he could step out of what he was blocked in. So when we get together, we call out the truth to each other. In Proverbs 27, verse 5 and 6, it says, An open rebuke is better than hidden love. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. We need people to speak the truth in our lives. Because there are many times we don't see the error of our ways. But looking from the outside and you can see that somebody's not doing things the way they should. And if we're alone, we'll just keep on making those mistakes. And eventually, we'll become more and more isolated. So in groups, we call out the best in each other. We call out to God for each other. And we call out the truth to each other. And so today, I'm inviting you to choose today at the starting point. Make the choice for your hope and future to be great and get involved in a group. If you're not in a group today, friend, you need this for your victory and your success. Join a group. There are many. Go straight out after the service. Speak to our team. Go online. Select a group you want to be a part of. If you want to run a group, speak to the team. We will help you. This is for your benefit. You might be sitting here and saying, I've never been in a group. I don't know what the future of group life holds. I've never been there. I can promise you this. God will never call you to be part of something that's going to hurt you. And I want to finish with this statement from Corrie Ten Boom. Corrie Ten Boom said this, Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Amen. Here's the best for you, family. Let's make a difference. Beep, beep. Let's do life together. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.